0: This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Friday, May 21st. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, town council repeals Telluride mask mandate. Telluride gets a new leading lady. Capital Conversation talks pandemic and redistricting and a mountain weather forecast. But first, on Wednesday night, a man drove a vehicle into the water east of Ballard House on Pine Street. According to the Telluride Marshals Department, there were no injuries and minor property damage. The driver fled the scene and was later issued a summons for carelessness and leaving the scene. Masks are no longer required in Telluride, for the most part. Town Council unanimously passed an emergency ordinance on Friday to repeal its mask mandate. The repeal comes just over a week after Town Council extended the mandate through the summer. Here's Telluride Town Attorney Kevin Geiger.
1: Two days later on Thursday, the U.S. uh, Center for Disease Control and President Biden announced jointly that with minor exception, face coverings would no longer be required as recognized federal guidance One day later, Colorado Governor Jared Polis took action through the initiation of an executive order repealing, with very limited exceptions, the state of Colorado facial covering mandate, which required facial coverings in all indoor public settings.
0: The repeal moves Telluride in line with the state and county public health orders regarding masks. That order still requires masks for individuals 11 years and older who are unvaccinated. Masks are also required for everyone, regardless of vaccination status, in schools, childcare centers, healthcare facilities, prisons, and jails. The public health order also requires everyone to wear a mask on all public transportation, that includes all buses and the gondola. Businesses and organizations are also allowed to enact their own mask requirements, which employees and patrons must follow. Mayor Delaney Young notes she's skeptical about removing a mask requirement but believes consistency across governments is the most important. I'm going to be very frank. I have been on the fence about this quite a bit. I think that this CDC announcement was quite seismic and I think it was premature and I just wish um, for the best for all of us. And there's one statement within the ordinance that led me to... um, go off the fence and support this. And that is where it says, whereas town council finds that a consistent and unified approach to requiring face coverings among various levels of governments is advantageous and provides for easier understanding among the public and less confusion among residents and visitors to the Telluride community. That is the clause that I agree with over everything and so I will be supporting this. Telluride's mask repeal went into effect immediately on Friday afternoon. San Miguel County and the town of Mountain Village repealed their mask mandates earlier this week. Telluride has a new leading lady.
2: It's a woman uh, looking out the window and the dog is by her side and so it looks like she's Looking at what's happening on, on um, Colorado Street.
0: That's Mark Azulay. The mural is composed by JR, a renowned French photographer and street artist. Azulay is JR's studio director based in New York City. This week, he was in Telluride to erect the new mural sitting on Main Street.
2: This is part of uh, JR's Unframed project where um, <coughs> we based photos from other photographers. In this case, Gordon Parks. Uh, This is an image from 1943, uh, taken in Harlem. And the whole idea is uh, giving a new life to these images by bringing them out of context and enlarging them.
0: The mural is the fifth to sit on the open wall outside of Ghost Town. And according to Drew Ludwig, it's been years in the making.
3: This mural I started trying to push forward like three years ago, maybe two years ago. Um, JR's always been a, a person that I've uh, been aware of. He's in the art world and a very known figure, and I've always respected and admired his work.
0: Ludwig is the gallery and mural manager for Mountain Film, which puts up the artwork. He says when people view the mural, they should think about JR as the curator of the space.
3: A lot of people bring expectations about what a mural is, and a mural to a lot of folks is, it's paint on a wall, right? And so murals have evolved for, for since they started. <laughs> And so when we reached out to him and said, there's this wall on Telluride and we'd love for you to do something, he sees the wall and then he thinks about the context of a a wealthy town in the mountains and maybe what that means. He's thinking about the context of that space. He's thinking about the images he has access to in the world. He's also thinking about uh, everything, right? And then he sees this wall and maybe it's just as simple as he likes the perspective of our view corridor. Everything about our town, the way the sidewalks are pointed, the streets pointed, you're all looking at, we are all looking at Ingram and the waterfall, and the mountains, and there's something really beautiful and simple about this image from a perspective basis that this woman's looking around the corner, right? So it's just like maybe that's
0: all he was responding to. It's still somewhat of a mystery of why JR selected this specific photograph for this specific place in the world. And as Uli says, that's the point. He doesn't want people to come to the art with preconceived thoughts or ideas of the piece.
2: I don't want them to think anything. They they will think what they think and and what the emotion that it creates to everyone will be different and that's what we're looking for. So everyone can have their own interpretation of the work and it will speak to them in a different manner. And and so that's what JR does. It's putting images out there and have people and, and, and um, raise
3: questions rather rather than giving answers.
0: For Ludwig, it's all about the dialogue. I
3: think the act of looking, or the act of looking at art, is unique into every observer, like what you bring to it. So I think if you just pause in front of it and experience it, I think that is definitely enough. And then, if you start asking yourself questions, art's already doing its job, right? It's like, what do you see? What do you intrigued by? I don't want to be prescriptive enough to say, like, you need to be thinking about this or, or not, but art, art is a beautiful dialogue, and if you're looking at it, you're in dialogue with that art.
0: The mural of Woman and a Dog in Window by JR will hang on Main Street for the next year or so. Ludwig will be at the mural on Friday, May 28th from 5.30 to 7 p.m. to answer questions and share more insight on the piece. This week, Capital Conversation is taking a step back from legislative specifics. In this installment, KOTO's State House reporter Scott Franz discusses the new phase of the coronavirus pandemic in Colorado and shares insight on the redistricting process. Hey, Scott, thanks for taking a few minutes to chat with me today. Hey, my pleasure, Julia. I wanted to steer a little away from bills that are moving through the Capitol specifically. You did some reporting recently on the vaccine rollout in Colorado, and it comes at the same time that a number of public health orders are relaxing across the state. On a governmental level, what is the sense of where we are in the pandemic right now?
4: Well, we're at a very interesting phase right now where, you know, on one hand, you're starting to see people... um, you know, here here in the Capitol building ditching their masks and lawmakers from both sides of the aisle are going without them. You know, Governor Polis is very excited about lifting restrictions. Um, you know, on the other, there's kind of this, this um, storyline, that's not getting as much coverage, which is, you know, the fears vaccinated people have about the bigger picture, you know, reaching herd immunity. Um, you know, in your County, um, you know, vaccination rates are very high. But other places, you know, Eastern Plains, um, even some parts of Northwest Colorado, you know, they're, they're nowhere near um, even having half of their eligible population immunized. So it's kind of a, a wait and see. You know, the polis has said, you know, this latest phase, it's going to be a lot different because the most vulnerable um, people are protected. But you know, as, as businesses open to full capacity, um, as, you know, mask restrictions are, are lifted, I think it's really going to test the level of protection we've had so far.
0: When you're hearing from the governor and maybe lawmakers about this cautious optimism, we're preparing for what will likely be another booming summer are you hearing any advice about how Coloradans should approach the summer, even if they are vaccinated?
4: Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of what we've heard from the governor recently is that you can feel very confident um, when you are vaccinated. And um, I think he's, you know, following a lot of the, the most recent CDC guidance on, on mask wearing and things like that. But But I do think he's, you know, preparing people for, um, a normal summer. Um, you know, there, there are still places, um, Rocky Mountain national park, for example, um, some of the bigger tourist hubs around the state that I think are going to be challenged based on, you know, the crush of people they're expecting. Um, but you know, at, at this point it's, it's not so much of the, uh, it's actually quite incredible. You know, the difference between the early press conferences where, you know, we were supposed to be, so careful and, and stay at home except for the most essential trips to today where it's, you know, get a vaccine and, and get your normal life back and travel again and, and not have to worry about, um, you know, the, the consequences. If, if you're vaccinated, that's, that's the caveat now. Um, you know, there are still, I think the bigger push from the state right now is focusing on the people who aren't vaccinated and, and trying to convince them you know, when it is so readily available. For example, um, I saw on uh, Twitter last night that um, someone asked Governor Pulitz what he thought of, you know, this trend in other states of starting a you know, million-dollar lottery for people who are vaccinated, um, and his response was, stay tuned. So kind of an intriguing late-night Twitter message from the governor that, that might indicate, you know, more policy changes.
0: Switching gears. um, Following the 2020 census, Colorado will be gaining a new representative in the U.S. House of Representatives going from seven to eight. The state is at the beginning stages of the process for redistricting. What does that process look like to develop a new electoral map?
4: It's actually been a little bit of a messy process. Um, As you uh, you probably remember, uh, voters approved um, a new system that that really aims to take politics out of this uh, equation by kind of entrusting these independent redistricting commissions, uh, you know, with the task. Now, um, there were headlines uh, a couple weeks ago when, you know, one of the recently appointed uh, chairs of one of these commissions was actually voted, um, you know, out of the leadership role because of you know um, social media posts they they made that. Um, you know had a particular um, political leaning to them um, there was a question of objectivity um, and some of this um, you know these kind of um, issues continue today you know there's actually a um, you know pending review by the Colorado Supreme court uh, lawmakers um, you know were quickly advancing a bill that that tried to put some parameters on these new commissions that they created. Um, you know, lawmakers say they were actually trying to help them by letting them use um, preliminary census data and get the process started. Um, you know, this all stems from you know, the delay in, in census data um, in part due to the pandemic. But uh, now the commissions have come back and said, hey, wait a minute, like, we don't want lawmakers meddling with our process. Um, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing there, but there's a real concern that you know lawmakers are are putting their 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 power to to try and influence the process. Uh, so again, you know, a process that uh, voters tried to insulate from politics is um, at the moment uh, very much tied up in politics.
0: Scott, thanks for taking a few minutes to chat with me today.
4: Hey, my pleasure,
0: Julia. Thank you. That was KOTO Scott Franz reporting from Denver. If you could write a letter to the year 2020, what would you say? The Wilkinson Public Library will be hosting a Dear 2020 writing workshop with author and poet Rosemary Watola-Trammer. Through the course of the two-hour workshop, participants will read, discuss, and write poems and other written works to name and sit with the griefs, joys, adventures, and hardships that encompassed our lives in 2020. The workshop will look to poetry to help participants meet the current moment of our lives and all the past moments that brought us to where we are. The workshop will take place on Saturday, May 22nd from 10 a.m. to noon via Zoom. Sign up is available at telluridelibrary.org. Starting next week, there will be more opportunities to travel from the western slope to the front range by bus. The Colorado Department of Transportation's Bustang Outrider recently announced it will be adding new surface to existing routes on Sunday. The Bustang's west line travels between Grand Junction and Denver. Glenwood Springs in Denver, and Vail in Denver. Currently, routes operate Monday through Friday, but now there will be an additional trip on each route on Saturday, Sunday, and holidays. The Durango to Grand Junction route, which stops in Telluride, will not be expanding service. It currently runs daily. The bus is also adding service on the Fort Collins-Denver route and the Colorado Springs-Denver route. With current public health orders from the state, buses are allowed to run at full capacity, 51 passengers, but safety measures are still in place, including a mask requirement for all passengers and drivers. Snowpack plays a big role in the West's water supply some researchers say that groundwater is equally important, particularly in the Colorado River watershed. From KJZZ in Phoenix, Ron Dungan reports that researchers are examining the walls of the Grand Canyon to understand how groundwater responds to climate change.
5: Ben Tobin has questions. He's a geologist at the University of Kentucky who started learning about caves as a young man, following the footsteps of his mother, also a geologist. For a time, his work brought him out west to Grand Canyon National Park. Caves
1: are a really special place in many ways.
5: Tobin specializes in what's known as karst hydrology. These are underground systems made up of soluble rocks such as limestone. He says caves are like another world, with blind animals, fossils, and archaeological finds. If you take a moment, you may find smaller arachnids called pseudoscorpions.
1: I mean, everyone thinks of stalactites and stalagmites, but then we also have these huge, like, gypsum curls that can be multiple feet long that are often they look like toothpaste being squeezed out of a toothpaste tube.
5: And caves transport water. Underground rivers that start as rainwater and make their way through the Grand Canyon's geology. Tobin wanted to know how the water travels from top to bottom. So in a series of studies that he started several years ago, his team of researchers placed fluorescent dye in sinkholes on the Kaibab Plateau and then hiked down into the canyon to see where the dye came out.
1: It was hiking the equivalent of from sea level to the top of Mount Everest and back down over the course of 200 miles.
5: At first, they thought the water would more or less go straight down.
1: I choke about this a lot. Water is lazy. It just wants to go downhill. And so it just finds the easiest way down it can.
5: It flowed downhill, but also horizontally. Some of it showed up about 20 miles away, and it showed up in different springs than the researchers predicted.
1: What was really confusing to me was that it, it never just flowed to one place. It always flowed to multiple places.
5: Water may be lazy, but it's not simple. Understanding the springs is important, he says, because about a quarter of the world's population relies on water that comes from karst systems.
1: We're trying to understand how water gets down to this kind of big regional aquifer.
5: The research also has important implications for the future of the canyon and surrounding communities.
4: Most people think the reason to go to the Grand Canyon is for the big ditch or to float a river trip. But the real beauty and magic of the canyon are the spring-fed side canyons.
5: That's Abe Springer, a geologist at Northern Arizona University who has spent much of his career studying those side canyons and the water that flows in them, such as Kanab Creek. Springer says that water is important to plants and wildlife in the canyon.
4: In the Grand Canyon National Park, there's estimated to be over 750 springs.
5: But there's another reason to understand how the springs work. They make up a significant portion of the Colorado River's flow says that river managers tend to look at annual snowpack and the level of Lake Mead when they assess the regional water supply. He says it's more complicated than that.
4: Most people's perception is that all the flow of the Colorado River comes from a melting glacier in Colorado, and that's completely false. The majority of the contribution of the flow of the Colorado River comes from groundwater.
5: A lot of that groundwater comes from the upper basin states. By the time it gets to the Grand Canyon, the entire river is spoken for. That means six million park visitors, local communities, and tribes have to rely on springs and wells.
1: The importance of groundwater in in the Grand Canyon region cannot be overstated.
5: Fred Tillman is with the U.S. Geological Survey. There's almost no area where groundwater is more critical than in that Grand Canyon area, even though the Colorado River is right there. They They don't have access or rights to it. In recent years, resorts, uranium mines, and other developments have been proposed in the Grand Canyon region. Critics say there's not enough water and that new demands could upset its unique network of springs. And with climate change, there may be even less in the future. I'm Ron Dungan in Phoenix.
0: The National Weather Service forecast for the Western San Juans calls for rain showers tonight with some thunder possible. It should be mostly cloudy with a low around 40 degrees saturday there is a 50 percent chance of precipitation with partly sunny skies and a high near 60. winds could gust as high as 35 miles per hour saturday night rain showers are likely with mostly cloudy skies and a low around freezing sunday expect sunny skies during the day and clear skies at night with a high in the mid 50s and a low around 30 degrees winds could gust as high as 30 miles per hour This has been the news for Friday, May 21st. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 728-3206.